The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, uh, the heavens have opened up a bit this afternoon, wherever you may be listening, but it's going to be a beautiful weekend. Actually, we'll fine up tomorrow and be a, a great weekend. 23 degrees of forecast top come Sunday for the big event uh, this weekend, being, of course, State of Origin 2 between New South Wales and Queensland. Haggers, a very good evening to you. Hello, Peter. How are you going? Big event, yeah, come Sunday, but I'm declaring that this is uh, State versus state, code versus code weekend it at is. war. Because you look at the fixtures, the AFL fixtures, it's first, tonight, it's first and second at the MCG. Mm-hmm. So it's Brisbane and uh, Melbourne. Tomorrow, well, how's this for Saturday? Uh, they call it a super Saturday. I reckon this is a super, super Saturday. <laughs> Third, Fremantle versus fifth, Carlton at Marvel. Yep. Followed straight into fourth, Geelong against sixth, Richmond. What a game. Cannot split them. Yeah. Well, I think there's a little bit of news breaking with teams that just may help me sway perhaps towards Geelong. And then straight out of that, tomorrow night, uh, sorry, Saturday night, 7th, Sydney, and 8th, St Kilda. St Kilda on the slide, both need to win. That's the top eight playing amongst each other. You know, it's only the fifth time in the entire history of the, of the v, or the AFL's top eight system. It's only the fifth time in something like 20, nearly 30, how long has that been? 1994? 1990, wasn't it? 1994 was the top eight system, Pete. Oh, okay. So I'm saying that it's the first time in a decade and it's the fifth time in the history of the top eight system the top eight have played amongst each other in a particular round. On the same weekend, so the AFL have got the showcase. Mm. On the same weekend, of course, here in Perth, and you're talking about it, and I'm sure you're going to go. Here's to the big state of origin here. So it's AFL versus NRL with NRL's Biggest showcase is probably the, the state of origin. It is. Even bigger than grand finals. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So that's the big weekend. And let's just kick a couple of things off, Pete, with a few bits and pieces. Matt Tamina named for Fremantle on the interchange bench. Still not convinced he's actually in their best 22. I'm still not convinced he plays. Mm-hmm. I think there's some talk of him. But if he travels, well, naturally, he might as well play. Otherwise, play in the waffle. But he's named in Fremantle's 22. I still think that Griffin Logue's value continues to rise, both with Fremantle or on the open market. Dom Sheed, his injury, I've heard is pretty bad. Pretty now, bad. He played last week and was one of their better players. So what's transpired between last week and him not being uh, included in the side this week? Well, West Coast are talking about a hot spot in his foot. Now, I, I, I have heard it's 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 a bad hot spot and it's... It, it could well be some recurrence of his original ankle injury or another injury as a result of carrying that. Now, I, I didn't think Dom was ready to go back in, to be honest. His, his waffle form, his numbers were good, but gee, he was, his gait was poor. And even in training, he has struggled to get up week after week to play in the waffle. But I've heard Dom Sheed is really bad. Nick Nat knew he were playing the reserves, West Coast reserves. So mm-hmm. the waffle on Saturday, Saturday evening, five o'clock. At, uh, at Lathlane Park. It's a double header. There's two games there Saturday afternoon, one at 2.30, one at 5. He'll play about 70 minutes, I'm told. Now, I know Adam Simpson's just told uh, Hayes about 40 minutes. I heard through yesterday and today that it's, it will be more than that. And he will play the following week. Will play uh, the following week because there's no waffle the following week. It's a general buy. Mm-hmm. So Nat and Yui to play 60, 70 minutes on Saturday evening. For the reserves team, Will Brody at Fremantle. I'm just before just... you go, okay. let's just confirm what Simpson, Adam Simpson, said on Hayes and Mardo's Run Home show just a few moments ago regarding Nick Natnui. How close is or was Nick Natnui from returning? 
No, not really. No, he, he, he's he's going to play some minutes to my, um, on Saturday night. Um, yep. Uh, he'll, but he won't play a lot. Um, but it, it's just part of his rebuild. He's been out for, for a significant amount of time, and it'd be, it'd be um, you know, not crazy, but it'd just be too much of a risk to, to throw him straight in into a game on Friday night. So, I mean, the, the question was, do we actually keep training him or do we get him to play a little bit of waffle football and, it's worked pretty well for us getting him out in the ground and getting him running around. So he'll he'll do that on Saturday night um, at uh, Mineral Resources Park. I think we'll have a good 14 or 15 players playing for us this week, which I think four weeks ago we had to forfeit a game with not enough players. So we're starting to get our players back, but unfortunately it's, it's round 15. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're, they're coming back and um, hopefully we get some good games under some of those younger players and players come back from injury and, and Nick will be one of them on, on Saturday night. So there you go. Didn't clear in that grab how many minutes he'll play, but you're on the impression he needs to get a decent run under his belt, yeah. doesn't he? I've heard it's 70 minutes, 60 yeah. to 70 minutes, and uh, that makes a bit more sense. But he will play the following week uh, uh, because there's no waffle game for Nick Natnui to go back into. So it's Essendon tomorrow night, Nick Natnui. And as Adam Simpson indicated, they're probably not even close for this week. Play in the waffle, get get a good hit out, recover, and then probably play against Richmond at the MCG the following week, Peter. Okay. Now, uh, just while we're looking at that, Josh Kennedy needs to go public with what his plan is for his farewell match. Needs to go public. Yeah. But he just came because, out a short time ago saying that he's intending to play out the remainder of the season. Can't possibly do that. He's carrying a bad knee. Are you saying he needs to come out public? Yeah, or think, you're hearing he will be coming out public? Uh, oh, don't put me on the spot. <laughs> he needs to come out and let us know what the plan is because I think he, if it wasn't Essendon where it's a winnable game, home game, there's some home games left. I don't think he's going to – he's not going to play a farewell game at Geelong in round 23. He's not going to play a farewell game in Fremantle's home derby in round 22. Adelaide in round 21 is too far away. That's four more home games. Mm-hmm. He, he needs to come out soon. What about Carlton in round 17? So here. finish where it all started. Ah. So let's, let's, keep, let's keep our eyes and ears let's peeled. Let's Because I think jo- Josh has been struggling. I think his form's been poor. Uh, it gets glossed over, I think, because of where they're at. And Adam Simpson had talked about last week about how it was a great performance against Geelong. Oh, we still didn't win, though. And, uh, oh, we were much better. And even, even in today's press... Get, quote from Adam Simpson, getting that winning feeling back would be nice, but that takes time. And it's not as easy as you think. Really? Mm. Is that laying another platform for more losses to come instead of, well, we'll be winning some games soon. It's not as easy as you think. I, I, I was surprised at that. Okay. Let's have a look. Uh, before we continue and look at the teams for this weekend and discuss a couple of issues, Hags has thrown a couple out already. Uh, just reminding you, the Tempera Bedshed text line Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. Bedshed, of course, experts in temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products in store. Visit bedshed.com.au. So get onto that now. We've already had a couple. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. Or the Scarborough Toyota open line. Give us a call thirteen twelve fifty five. Hags, I need to get your opinion on this. Now people are starting to give their opinion. Colin uh, or Craig McRae, the Collingwood coach, came out today. Uh, and has failed to guarantee that Jordan Degoe will be at the football club next year. He spoke publicly for the first time since Degoe's Bali nightclub video scandal erupted. And as we know, since then, uh, Degoe has decided to take some personal leave 
from the club. He was asked the question whether Dugowie will be at the football club next year, and he responded by saying, I hope so. I really do. I hope he finds a place where he can come back and he can be the best version of himself without guaranteeing whether Collingwood would be that place. Well, I, I, I don't see how he could have guaranteed, given what's transpired over the last week now, or let's say five or six yeah. days. He couldn't possibly, because of the, the outrage and the reaction to Jordan Dugowie being involved in those videos with the girl up in Bali. But I think Collingwood have got to be they, – they have had to be really strong in this because I think they – I get the impression they've been given instructions from the AFL. But Collingwood's response would have to be, we've got to be a bit careful here on how we handle this guy. One is mental health. I mean, that's another issue they'll all talk and, about. And However, somebody's starting to make – and a lot of people are now making their uh, observation and judgment on the mental health card in this situation. It's poor to pull it. He certainly didn't look as though he had any mental health issues in that video. Yeah. But Collingwood allowed him to go. He sought permission and Collingwood says, yes, you can go to Bali. Even accepted and you'll be back on Sunday night to train on Monday. I, given that they did sanction that, they have to be very careful in how they penalise, I think, especially now that it's in reaction to a lot of people who didn't, who have taken offence to the poor respect for women, which yeah. is a modern day issue, particularly and a lot of sporting bodies and the AFL, especially trying to set uh, an agenda on all of that. Collingwood allowed him to go. That's why I think they had to come down on him gently. As for next year, he's going to think about whether he wants to stay there or need a fresh start. He'll be now, him and his management will be getting a lot of approaches from potential suitors for his talents for next year because he's a, he's a restricted free agent. He can go on the market for something like the sort of money that he was probably going to get at Collingwood. So he might not play with Collingwood again. I don't discount that. Mm. I think they'll win on Sunday. I really do. GWS, I think they'll beat uh, GWS on Sunday. And and look as though they've gone past another Jordan Degoe issue. And, and the smaller issue was, again, disrespect for, for girls was what uh, the, the two young boys did in Quayna and uh, Ginevan. It's been a bad week for Collingwood. I think they can they, they can galvanise and they can win on Sunday. Whether when Jordan Degoe goes back, that then resurfaces this whole story again. They didn't knock it on the head and get in there Monday and say, right, I'm really sorry. I've copped the fine uh, or I've copped the game span. I reckon it's a soft, soft sort of sanction. Mm. Really soft. Twenty five thousand dollars suspended. That's nothing. You'll never pay that because he might not be around. Yeah. But other clubs will look at him. Whether you wouldn't. The big question would: Would you pay him? Six five six fifty seven hundred grand seven hundred fifty to eight hundred thousand dollars a year for three or four or five years you couldn't possibly yeah, and to... one other reason why I reckon they've withdrawn the contract is because they would have to withdraw the contract to say listen if we come back to you with a, another offer there'll be some clauses in here that you have to conform and to. and the other thing if you're going to pay that sort of money I tell you what, you need a good insurance company to, to cover the insurance just in case it went awry before we take a break one thing I saw today. Uh, in these, in some ways, interesting troubled times for the AFL regarding Jordan Degoe and what's being planted. I saw, and congratulations to Jackson Archer, of course, the yeah. son of uh, the shin boner of the century, Glenn Archer. Mm. They got it on FaceTime. Uh, Jackson is there, rings his dad, gets him on FaceTime uh, and says, uh, hey, Jackson, how you going, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Dad. Uh, what are you doing, Dad? Oh, I says, I'm just about to head off and coach the under-12s. You must be looking after an <laughs> under-12s team. And then uh, uh, Glenn goes to Jackson, uh, what's up, mate? I'm playing this weekend. And the emotion mm. from the tough Glenn Archer was fantastic. He welled up. 
he had to pull the phone away so his son wouldn't see him tear up. And then, of course, he says, I've got the lump in the throat. It was just fantastic. Mm. Really was great to watch. So if you can catch that, it's on social media. Uh, Jackson Archer makes his debut for the Kangaroos this week uh, with his former dad, with his dad being part of one of the great uh, eras at the North Melbourne Kangaroos. And what a footballer Glenn Archer was. And, Peter, let me pour a bit of cold water on and dampener on all of that because (laughs) North Melbourne aren't going to have too many more good times. Yeah. The appointment of Jeff Walsh as the uh, former North Melbourne CEO. Yeah, he's and returned also, to the Roos and one of the one of the gurus of Australian rules football at the elitist level. Uh, he oversaw the review at Carlton that removed David Teague and the chief executive, and he'll oversee a review at North Melbourne, and watch for the likes of David Noble and Ben Amafio to be moved on. Mm-hmm. Now it will also grow. So who's brought him in? North Melbourne. I mean, there are board members, and there are that those have, that, that have brought him in. Well, he's a he's a guru. Yeah. He actually works for the AFL, you know, uh, Jeff right. Walsh, and he's putting together the list. He's the list manager in the formation of the Tasmanian team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, as 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 someone who's been heavily involved there and close to Alistair Clarkson. So, Jeff. So, Walsh, who will Walsh work with? He'll have to work with the senior coach. He'd have to work with no, the well, footy, no, he'll footy work, bosses as he'll well. He'll work with those behind the scenes that will be saying. And telling the truth, as opposed to what gets said from a mafio, from Brady Rawlings, and from David Noble himself, publicly, oh, everything's hunky dory. Mm-hmm. Jeff Walsh starts talking to staff, and office staff, and players, and support staff, and boot studders. He'll find out what's going on there, and so there'll be change. That's what happened at Carlton. I sense the same will happen with Jeff Walsh here, and there'll be strong growth in. Rumour mill turning about Peter Bell from Fremantle going to North Melbourne in a very senior administrational position. Okay, uh, we're going to go to the open lines before we take a break. Uh, Of course, uh, a lady that gives us some great opinions every uh, Monday and Thursday night is Lise. Hello, Lise. How are you going? Hi, Peter. Hi, Kim. Hello, Lise. I think you're being too nice. I think you're being too nice there, there, Peter. Um, (laughs) Firstly, on um, Jordan Degoe. this guy comes comes out and makes a meat ahead of himself over in Bali, and then he blames the media, and then he comes out with this. He's got this um, ADHD, and now he's now he's um, gone from the club because of um, personal reasons. Well, this guy needs to face up to what he's done, take ownership of it, and move on and become a better person. Until then, he will not go anywhere, that guy. And he's got he's, he's, he's a good footballer, he's got potential, and he's, he's just wasting it mm. all on being, being stupid. And, Haggis, what, what's your thoughts on um, $10.5 million for Luke Jackson being offered by Fremantle, I hear? Uh, I, I think you have to consider it. Um, I have been asked this question, Lisa, you know, privately, just with the acquaintances and through footy contacts as well. You'd have to consider that. Now, clearly there's going to be some feelings around, well, that's too much for a 20-year-old, you know, a six- or seven-year deal for $10 million. But that's what's going to cost them. It's, it would cost Fremantle or West Coast or anyone else that, other than Melbourne. If you're going to lure this boy away at this early, and in my opinion, how good this kid can be, he's going to be a superstar. He's a Brownlow medalist. Mm. The way he plays the game, once his body is really settled and he's in the AFL in two or three or four or five years' time, he will have replaced Max Gorn or he's here at Fremantle. He's replaced Sean Darcy or whoever it is 
the way that kid plays, he's rucking, he's running. It's Stephen Michael-like mm. because not many ruckmen can run around the ground, can hit the ground from their own tap and pick it up and then bustle through and get a hand pass away or a clean kick. He, not we many saw, can we go saw forward. Tim English do that a few weeks ago. He didn't Not we? with the same athleticism as mm. Luke Jackson. So, Lisa, uh, I don't say that that's absolute verbatim what's being offered around but I sense that the football industry people are talking behind the scenes. If that's what you're going to need to get Luke Jackson, you'd have to consider that. Yeah. And I think I think ultimately, I, I think he'd be worth it. Yeah. Good on you, Lisa. Thanks for your call. We just need to clear a break and keep listening. Uh, we certainly enjoy your input here on Drive with Peter Vlahos, particularly on Monday and Thursday nights with Hans. Did Joth Rotham got in? The West Coast selectors must have listened to us on Monday. Yeah. Got the yo-yo out. Because that's what he's been, a yo-yo. Well, I think out. he's back at centre-half back to he, stay and there. And he should be back. He's back. He I, should I, be back. I don't reckon we'll see Jeremy McGovern again this year. I think mm. his, his rib injury, if he needed a plate in that, that's bad. Why play at any stage in the next two months? Rotham should get that two months because the kid's playing for his future. Even though he's contracted, I think he's playing now in Jeremy McGovern's position to see if he stays on. And we've already said, Peter, that Jeremy McGovern's not going to be around for much longer. Out of contract next year, at the end of next year, and not accepting an extension beyond that because he's thinking about whether he wants to be part of this rebuild. Well, Josh Rotham's got to be given that chance over the next six, seven or eight weeks to see if he is someone that can replace, not as good as Jeremy McGovern, but at least as their centre-half back. Okay, Kim Hagdorn joining us. You can join us any time on the Temper of Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 and the Scarborough Toyota open line is there for you as Lisa has used at 13 12 55. We'll take a break. It's coming up 17 past five. Drive with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Great to have your company. It is Peter Vlahos, Kim Hagdorn. Is the Dockers... I don't... No, silly question, I guess. The Dockers-Carlton game isn't the game of the weekend, is it? No, Geelong-Richmond probably. Yeah, Geelong-Richmond. Why no Dangerfield? Chris Scott actually told us numerous times through the week that Dangerfield was definitely playing and he was looking forward to Dangerfield playing on no, that. Martin's back with uh, with Richmond. And it's come back out today saying they've uh, decided to give him another week yeah. to recover. Well, that must be a really late... And doesn't that portray to everyone? He, the coach has said it. Mm. I reckon at least three times. Let, let's go conservative. Twice I've seen Chris Scott say, yeah, Danger is back, he will play. And, gee, so, uh, Richmond have got Martin. I hope they play on each other. Doesn't it show how if a coach goes public with that, how sometimes footy scribes can be accused of getting something wrong mm. when in actual fact you've, it's accurate at the time and things change. So it's selections yesterday or today, probably today, Geelong have decided, don't you, you're just still a little bit tired. A, me, a medical report is like, you know, you're still a bit not good, yeah. you're not comfortable, let's leave you out. Yeah. Now, we don't see social media going ballistic to say, oh, Chris Scott got it wrong. Whereas footy scribes get accused of getting something wrong when they go with something they know they've gotten from a major source. It's accurate at the time, but things can change in footy. Let's uh, look at the Dockers. Firstly, uh, Robbo of Brisbane has been on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Uh, the drums are certainly beating over this side of the country, being the east. Ree Peter Bell taking over at the Kangas. Good call, Haggis. So there you go, because you feel that he's in the he's in the the window of possibly taking over as a CEO. Well, there. he's very ambitious, is Peter Bell, and and I think we've all tasted that. We've actually worked with Peter, and we've yep. seen, and we've now seen him in his role at Fremantle, and and I I think he gets very very good support down at Fremantle. He's got uh, 
So particularly their footy department, David Walls, who handles recruiting mm-hmm. and all the list management, and Joe Bright, who's outstanding uh, in his role as football operations manager, Peter Bell gets enormous assistance. Peter Bell as a chief executive, if he's not chief executive at Fremantle and was told at the end of 219, you're, you're not going to be considered even as chief executive at Fremantle when Rosic got the sack and they were ch- finished up with Simon Garlic. What's changed that makes him an appeal to North Melbourne? I have heard, though, that it's as a senior football or senior administration position. So it might be something overseeing a football department, working with a new chief executive. I doubt Peter Bell would would have the credentials. Would you go there? But, you know, he's been at the Dockers how long now? Well, he went there in 2000, late late 2018. Remember his first sort of week or so in in the job at Fremantle? was that first trade and that infamous first trade when he said, oh, I'm going to work on keeping Lachlan, uh, Lachlan yeah. Neal mm. and it'll be a feather in my cap if, yeah. if he stays. Anyway, he's gone there in 2018. Things weren't exactly rosy. All of a sudden, Frio where they are in 2022. Why would you give up what, what potentially could mm. be an exciting mm. period for the club to go to an absolute basket case in North Melbourne? Well, for the same reason. I suppose you could see yourself as someone who could turn this basket case where I had a damn good six or seven seasons from 96 through until 2000 where 2000 when he came back end of 2000 Peter Bell uh, was part of that strong era uh he's very close to some people that still run North Melbourne and don't discount here's one for you Pete don't discount the friendship that he has with Adam Simpson they are very pally that ultimately behind the scenes North Melbourne will be chasing Adam Simpson as well Mm -hmm. this might all die and Peter Bell comes out and says, oh, I never considered leaving Fremantle. But certainly there is a conditioning within the AFL industry from people close to Peter Bell to make it look as though he's ready to be a chief executive. Okay. And you saw some press of that today. Mm, okay, let's have a look at Carlton and Fremantle, Saturday afternoon at Marvel Stadium. And, of course, a lot of questions being asked regarding Matt Tabner, who's been listed, of course, uh, on the interchange. Mm. Uh, here's Justin Longmuir on Matt Tabner, Hags, uh, what he said on SEN earlier today. So we'll decide today at around 5, 5.30 or 6.30, whenever yeah. the team needs to be launched. He, um, yeah, he's, he's, I think he's been out of the side since the Melbourne game and uh, had that back injury. And we, yeah, we, we think he's over that back injury now. So, um, yeah, he's really close to really close to coming back into the side. And, um, yeah, like I've said all along, it's, it's not really about um, whether he's in our best team or not, it's just about getting in continuity and making sure that when he comes back in, he's he's ready to go and ready to put a good block together. Is there any part of it that's about stretching Carlton's weakness down back? Oh yeah, that definitely comes into consideration. Um, absolutely. So um, yeah, we want to we want to give ourselves the best chance of winning, and you know they've obviously got the issues down back, but we just need to make sure we get have a good balanced forward line. Um, yeah, that gives us a good, uh, good ability to, to remain consistent down there. It's been a bit of a revolving door, our, our forward line with injuries, and now we've lost Sikowski as well for a longer period of time. We really want to get some continuity um, with our forward line so they can you know, learn to work together and um, you know, defend and attack in the right manner. So there you go. That was uh, Justin Longmuir on SEN Melbourne with Dwayne Russell earlier today regarding Matt Tabin. I'm not convinced he's going to play, actually. And, and even listing there, uh, he didn't indicate – he had a chance to say he's in our best 22. Mm. He didn't. 
He said, I'm not sure if he's in our best 22. Well, that, that can mean right now, of course. Yeah. But looking at their interchange, Fremantle, Tabiner, Mundy, Frederick, Banfield. So Tabiner, Frederick, Banfield. Let's assume they are forwards. That's too many. So they would only have one forward in that interchange uh, bench to then interchange with Henry, Schultz, Collier, Logue, Lobb, Fife, or whoever else is forward. I, I don't think Fife will start forward. There's too many forwards there in that group, and it, and it becomes unbalanced for mine. So, uh, And when you look at the emergencies, Tucker, I don't think Stan Sturt's going to get a game. Tucker, Croden, Sturt, Meek. Tucker is probably in there 23 um, or even 22 and and Croden perhaps because I think they'll be looking at tagging. Someone will look to tag onto Sam Walsh. Mm-hmm. Now, it won't be Will Brody, but uh, I'll come back to that. I, I, th- I still think Tabner's a doubtful starter. Um, but the fact that if they travel him to play a game on Saturday, then he has to play. They're not going to travel him. I, I'm surprised they're even tra- tagging him now for a travel game rather than keeping Matt Tabner back for Port at home next week. Playing the waffle this week, doesn't travel, doesn't sit on a plane, doesn't sit on buses, doesn't sleep in a motel or hotel, stays in Perth. So, but if given that he's named as an interchange, uh, he'd have to come out, you know, before they even travel. If they're going to travel him, he's going to play off the bench. But that's an unbalanced group there. Tabiner, Frederick, Banfield, plus the forwards named, that's nine forwards. Fremantle don't play with that, they play with seven forwards. Okay. Uh, what about Will Brody? Well, You're, Will Brody, I, I, I watch for him. Now, he's been a sensational import, hasn't he? He's, we, 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 that's all been documented. But uh, so the 23-year-old, he's played 38 games up, or had played 25 in six seasons before he mm. comes here. He's, watch for him to go into the midfield and the centre square, the centre circle, a heck of a lot more than he did against Hawthorne. Fremantle have reassessed his game against Hawthorne and realised that they lost something there. And that's why perhaps, not the only reason, but Hawthorne was allowed or made 61 forward entries. But Will Brody, watch for Will to go back into the centre square a lot more. He was down on his disposals against Hawthorne two weeks ago. He had 22 touches. He averages 28. Contested possessions, he only had seven. Well, he averages 14, Will Brody, over this season. He made just one clearance in that match and he's been averaging seven clearances a game. That's an area that Fremantle have, I, I, I understand, identified. If they're going to get hold of Carlton, because Carlton's best strength is around the ball and their clearances work with the likes of Cripps and Walsh, as I mentioned, and certainly the likes of Hewitt and Kennedy, who have had outstanding seasons. Will Brody just go back into the midfield a heck of a lot more? Now, that will, I reckon, mean that Nathan Fife doesn't get as much midfield time as perhaps he did against Hawthorne. Okay, and as we go to the break, this is uh, what Justin Longmuir had to say regarding Nat Fife and possibly his role in his second game back. I think it'll change and a little bit, be a little bit horses for courses for who we play, how the game's going, but I was pretty happy with his split last week, Dwayne, um, and I was really happy with the, the, the statistics in his game. I think he can tidy up a few little things. There's a little bit of rust on his touch and handball and his ability to um, build contact, but that was expected. Um, yeah, and he played probably 50-50. Sometimes that's going to be a little bit more mid. Sometimes that's going to be a little bit more forward, depending on what the game is telling us and how he's feeling. So, um, yeah, we'll continue to work on that. Um, but I think largely it's going to be a, a, a game-by-game um, thing uh, um, as to the, yeah, the game time he plays in, in each area. Does that mean he will play a little bit more forward? Because if you're going to stretch Carlton's back line, having Fife down there as you extra guy that you have to watch is going to make your forward line even more dangerous. 
Yeah, absolutely. You just got to make sure we're getting it there first. So um, if we're getting it there enough um, and we're not capitalising, well, then we'll, we'll probably play in forward a little bit more. But, yeah, we're not getting it done around the contest. And as I said, Carlton are a really good contested just team. Quickly. We might play in there so we can get a bit of that field position first. So those sorts of things. You go into a, you go into a game with a plan, but those things can change pretty quickly. And speaking of quickly, Haggers wants well, that, that to put ties, something in very quickly as well. ties in with the Will, Will Brody move. Yeah. I think Brody back into the centre square and certainly uh, on the ball a lot more around the congestion. Five for forward. Five against Hawthorne, 50% midfield, 48% forward. It is almost a 50-50 split, as, yeah. as Justin has said there. But I, I, I sense that Fife might have to play a little bit, but not much. And if Fife's going to play a bit more forward... Well, again, you don't need Tabernacle. I'm feeling quite uh, bullish about Frio taking this game. Me too. Uh, oh, yeah, Carlton. me too. Yeah, no, yeah. I think uh, I'm prepared to declare that Fremantle should win. You go to will win. You just don't know what happens mm. on the day. But I, I've got about eight question marks across this whole weekend, Peter. It's a fascinating yeah. round of fixtures. And Carlton could be one of those teams that could slide in the second half of the season. But anyway, we'll take a break and discuss it more after the break. Come and join us. Uh, by the way, Simon Claremont says, I think there's no way that Belly will leave before the five-year plan or the club wins its first flag. Money does talk and opportunities also. It'd be about 800 are grand, uh, an AFL CEO, wouldn't it? I've got no idea. Oh, I got no so. idea, Hags. You no have so. idea. <laughs> I, all I, I only dream Mr. about Money that Man. sort of. Mr. Dr- Money Man. Oh, you haven't seen my bank account. <laughs> Back with more in a moment here on Drive. Come and join us on the Temper of Bedjet text line 0487 736 736. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Great to have your company, and it is Peter Vlahos, Kim Hector. As we mentioned, it's very hard to actually isolate uh, yeah. one of the big games of the weekend, but there's... Uh, is there one that you... I think Geelong-Richmond uh, yeah. uh, tantalises me. And I think Sydney-St it, Kilda's got a lot resting on it. Yeah, but I saw St Kilda last week against Essendon. I don't know where they were last week. No. I don't know where they were last... I know there's a lot hanging on it, but I'm not sure I think St were. Kilda give up their spot in the eight. Yeah. I... I, I and this this will have a big bearing to do with, I think they're really vulnerable, uh, particularly the way they overuse the ball. And at the SCG, on a night game, that's going to be awkward. But uh, Sydney, you, I think you're right. Geelong and Geelong and Richmond's probably the game of the weekend, isn't it? Mm. Fascinating. Melbourne, Brisbane, uh, the Bulldogs have to win. Port have to win. This, it, right across the Yeah, the no, fixtures. it's a great weekend. Mm. And getting back to Geelong and the Tigers, here's Chris Scott, firstly on Richmond. Yeah, their form's good. And I think they've always been a really good defensive team. I'm not exactly sure how other people rate them, but uh, in my mind, it's been the cornerstone of, of their def- of their their game. But it's not just their defence. The thing, one of the things that I admire about the way they play is that is the the interaction between the various components of the game. Like that, they all complement each other. You know, and, and that might sound obvious, but a lot of people don't talk about that game that way. They they, they break it up and say, so, you know, we've got to defend really well and we'll use this system. But then when we get the ball, we've got to attack r- really well using um, a system that doesn't complement it as well. They, they All parts fit really well together. And you know, I think, like any team, if their defence does break down a little bit, um, it, you know, it hurts other parts of their game as well. So I don't think they're any different in terms of um, key personnel being really important and cohesion there. They're probably a little bit like us. Um, and, and a lot of teams throughout the last few years, really, with the issues everyone's dealt with. If you take out 
one or two or three key players that makes a big difference. Mm, and of course, Stevens Dalhouse have both been omitted. Uh, Zach Guthrie has been managed, and of course, coming in is Henry and Rowan. A couple of big ins for Geelong. They but, look okay. And it's worth repeating that Dangerfield. Patrick Dangerfield's not coming in, and we'd we'd, known, we'd we'd sort of thought, and probably until this morning, lunchtime today, that he was definitely in. Mm. But right across this, this that particular game, not only is it uh, just just such a top shelf game, Peter of 4th uh, Geelong and 6th Richmond. Richmond on the climb. I, I think they're a top four candidate and possibly even ultimately finish top four. So there's, there's, this helps the top four formation. I mean, the likes of the loser of Fremantle Carlton, especially if it was Carlton, fall back and Richmond are coming after their spot mm. in, the, in the four. Same to Fremantle. If Fremantle dropped this one and then had to face for the next few weeks Port, St Kilda, Sydney, Richmond, Melbourne, Bulldogs, they're all top eight candidates that have to win. If Fremantle happen to drop this one, then then they're back into that that that, that chase for third, fourth, fifth or sixth, along yeah. with the likes of Richmond. That's where and, – and the star – I mean, I, I put this down. I, I thought this particular game just had a real – Star started. It, it, it's it's a blockbuster in the truest light. And Guthrie and Selwood against the likes of uh, Prestia and Short, Hawkins and Cameron against Lynch and and Rewald has key forwards, power forwards, and then the defenders. Both sides. Chris Scott talked there about Richmond's defence, but their own defence when it's operating at its best. I didn't think it was at its best last week, but as we found out, they're perhaps in some overload training. And, and Stewart, what well, I thought was tagged in onto pretty well by Jake Waterman, but Stewart and Blixavs and at the other end for Richmond, Grimes and Tarrant, it's just got star yep. power written all over it. I, I, and it's going to be impossible. We'll tip for the sake of it, but you cannot possibly be sure with your tipping on most games. And this is this is probably the number one. Geelong, Richmond, fourth Geelong, nine and four. Richmond, sixth at eight and five. Top four on the line for this, and eventually the winner of this one could climb back into the top four at the expense of the other because you'd think Brisbane and Melbourne are going to finish top four. Fremantle are in that hunt. It's only one other spot, perhaps. So there's a lot resting on this. I'll probably lean Geelong's way, but Mm. that's probably as much because Cochin's out now. Yes, Cochin's out. Of course, Bolter's out. Lambert all injured. By the way, uh, that was Chris Scott on Richmond. Here's Damien Hardwick on Geelong. They're an incredible club. They're well coached, they're well drilled. you know, they always give themselves an opportunity, don't they? Which is what I, uh, what I, uh, that's a fine, definitely. Um, they always give themselves a chance, you know, the way they play the game. It's probably different to, to, to some, to us in particular, but what they do do is they've got incredible strength. You know, most sides know how Geelong play, but the, the, the mark of a great club is the way they go about it and they're hard to stop regardless. You know, we've got a really good understanding of how they want to play and what they're trying to do, but they're that well-drilled and that well-structured, they're really, really hard to stop. So, you know, we know that if we allow them to play the game in a structured manner, they'll compose method with their ball, um, they're probably going to win. You know, if we try and bring as much pressure as we can to take away that, we're a fair chance. So the equation's pretty simple. It's just which side executes better. So Martin's in, Ross and Soldo in for the Tigers. As we mentioned, they've got three injuries. Uh, Lambert, Koch and Bolter and Ross. Gee, they're, three important. they're three really important they injuries, are. aren't they? Bolter, they are. versatile, key defender. He, he joins that group of the likes of, we've just mentioned Grimes especially, but Bolter out, he can play defence or go forward. And uh, certainly coaching around the ball with which with with that contest, Lambert sounds as though he's just about banged up. He's carrying such a bad hip injury, and they I've I've heard and, and read 
where he's headed for somewhere soon as about a 30-year-old, a hip replacement. You know, I mean, that, that's something for our 60 and 70-year-olds. It's a, it's a wonderful medical achievement to put a new hip in someone and they come away thinking, I haven't felt this good for years. Well, Kane Lambert's an AFL player that might need one. <laughs> one thing he talks about with, with Geelong, it's fascinating. He said they're a good footy club. They're, they're well coached. They've, they've had eight top four finishes under Chris Scott. That's in 11 years. Eight top four finishes. Now, and they've only won the one premiership. Yeah, since 2011. So they've had. In his first year. They've had seven more since then in the last, uh, what did I say, in the last uh, 10 years and queries from time to time. But it is a fascinating business plan, isn't it? It's a business model to finish top four so regularly. I'll just quickly, I, clearly, Damien Hardwick, like certainly I have, has become sick of hearing people say, Opportunity. It's a great opportunity. He's got an opportunity because he actually used chance after dropping. I've been fined for using opportunity. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, some other Nearly news. Nearly about a synergy. Yeah, we're going to talk about David Mundy after the break. Buddy Franklin, Tim English, a couple of the issues floating around in the AFL. They're all coming your way after the break here on Drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn on this Thursday. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Great to have your company. And it's coming up 11 to 6, only a few moments remain. Now, David Mundy has come out, of course, as we know. He's uh, reportedly keen to power on uh, about his latest milestone. Uh, and he'll, of course, go into the top 10 of VFL football, AFL footballers with games played. He's going to draw level this Saturday with Footscray and Fitzroy legend Burnley Quinlan on 366 games. And reportedly the club, according to Mundy and Justin Longmuir, they're in f- informal talks with the club about extending his career into 20th season. And he says, I'm not going to retire. They'll need to boot me out <laughs> if they want to get rid of me. Haggis, I, your I, thought thought was, on, I thought he was gone two years ago. Your thoughts on David uh, Mundy? Look, congratulations to him. 366 games. He's durable. He's tough. Um, he's He's been... I suppose, fortunate with the way Fremantle have played, that's particularly under uh, Justin Longmuir, because it's a pretty open game and he doesn't get bashed up as much, uh, I don't think, under Longmuir's style by being more of an outside player, mm-hmm. and most of them are. It's They play a very free-willing game, Fremantle. But so 366, so he could get to 375 by the end of the season, plus final. Let's say they play two or three finals. So it's it's approaching 380, so 377, 378. You'd need a full home and away next year, yeah. wouldn't you? And may and, and injury free, or a final or two again to get 400 games. Um, uh, look, Just Longmuir has has endorsed it. David Mundy has said he wants to. He said two years ago when I was saying then, I think he should give it away. They sh- they need to move to play younger players, develop younger players, and uh, and also get more players in the midfield. But he's he's still a very good player when he when he does use the ball. He's still the, probably their cleanest user mm. under pressure. But the way they're playing under Justin Longmuir now, effectively, I think the two first two seasons they were still battling with poor disposal. Uh, the fitness levels weren't what Justin Longmuir has been aiming for with the new fitness. Uh, uh, sort of advisor, fitness coach there. He, now he's benefiting from it. He could play next year with the way they play and get 400 games. Okay, let's talk about another oldie. Uh, Lance Franklin, all but certain to re-sign another one-year contract with the Swans. That'll see him play on in 2023. <laughs> that is freakish, isn't it? Because, yeah. again, I I, didn't, I thought this year – so this is the last year of that nine-year $10 million deal, 35 
331 games and the debate, it's not a debate anymore about whether you should extend him. Sydney are saying we will extend him. But I think because he's playing, I think Sydney are a bit vulnerable. They're going to him too much. And I don't think Front Lance can do anything like he thinks he can. But he's still a handy attacking weapon for them, particularly when he gets up the field at the SCG. So one more season, but you'd want to manage him. I don't reckon, similar to what West Coast should have done and had planned to do with Josh Kennedy this year, it's been such a poor season, such a disastrous season for West Coast. They haven't been able to leave Kennedy out for games. And again, Jack Darling's form has been so abysmal. They've needed Josh Kennedy to play. If Darling was in better form, they could have rested Josh Kennedy from time to time. I think Sydney would have to do that next year with Lance Franklin to get him through the season. If they're going to contend and be a finals contender again, you'd want to rest him from time to time. Okay, before Which we means you... that Logan McDonald has to advance quickly as yeah. well. Before we get your selections, and by the way, quarter time in the opener to this round of footy, it is Brisbane who lead Melbourne at quarter time at the MCG. Three goals, four, 22 to two goals, four, 16. Now you were on the, this bandwagon weeks and even months ago. Tim English has officially re-signed with the Western Bulldogs until at least at this stage, the end of the 2024 season. You said it, he wasn't going to sign a long-term deal, maybe a couple of years, and that's exactly what he's done. And it's part of his plan with his management with West Coast Eagles for him to be a restricted free agent in two years time when he's given good service repaid great faith to the Bulldogs for taking him and sticking with him and developing him and West Coast in a couple of years time aim to be back contending for a premiership not just a finals uh, uh, spot in the top eight but pushing towards top four that's part of West Coast Eagles long-term plan and Tim English this this deal was agreed to months ago Peter and we've been saying it ever since yep. okay uh, hi Peter and Haggers and he's about to do it now this is James from Canning Vale do you think the Eagles win this week I reckon they can get the job done against <laughs> Essendon tomorrow night 640 it gets underway Haggers before we we let you go. Uh, what about your selections for this round of footy? If West Coast don't win tomorrow night, you're going to be going. Not, no, no, they're not going to. What are you going to say gonna, on Monday? Well, if they don't win tomorrow night, I'll say here's the reason why you didn't win. Okay. Okay. And and a lot of it will be about how poorly they've played, their poor attitude, and how poorly they've been coached. They've but that won't to, happen tomorrow. They've got to win tomorrow night. They'll win tomorrow night. Yeah. I, I'm prepared to say they will win tomorrow night. Not just might or, you know, question mark. I think West Coast will win tomorrow night. I, I tipped Melbourne for tonight. But uh, if they don't win tonight, then there's something seriously wrong behind the scenes. No matter what they say at the front window, we can assume there's real problems behind the scenes with their morale amongst down, their players. They're down by a goal at quarter time, okay. just repeating 3-4 oh. to 2-4. I, I did tip Melbourne. Uh, the Bulldogs, I think, will beat Hawthorne. I think Fremantle will beat Carlton on Saturday, mm. but it won't be easy. It'll be a classic game, very fast. They're both high-possession teams. Geelong just over Richmond, particularly with Cochin and Lambert out now and, and Bolter. Sydney will beat St Kilda, I think. Adelaide will beat North and continue North's troubles there. Collingwood will beat GWS. And I reckon Port will beat Gold Coast in a good game on Sunday. It's at Adelaide, though, and I think that helps Port. They just have to win. It's elimination final if Port lose this. They're gone. They can't make it. It's their last chance. They need to stay in touch with this over Gold Coast. Enjoy the footy this weekend. It's a great round, isn't it? Yeah, look, and we'll wrap it up on Monday. Thanks, Jimmy. That's been Drive with Peter Vlahos. I look forward to you coming tomorrow morning between 8 and 10, straight after Gilly and Goss on the Tab Touch Lounge. Have a good night, everyone. Cheers.